This is the Canoe Creek Podcast. Our vision is to help people in our community connect to God, grow in Christ, and go serve others. We are located at 4080 Pine Tree Road, and our Sunday morning service times are 9 o'clock and 1030. Thank you for tuning in. Good morning, Canoe Creek. As um, we were singing that last song at first and both this service, you know, a a thought really came to mind. Um, I I was thinking about Jesus as he was in the garden and as he was pouring himself out before God. And because he was like maybe some of you have been or maybe even are right now in a position where you're just so desperately fearful and concerned about what's right in front of you. And we see that from Jesus, and it is amazing how he demonstrated for us that he combated his fear of what was going to be coming uh, with a relationship with the Father, trusting in him, trusting in his will, trusting in the purpose that God had for, for him to serve, and he yielded to that. And it's, it, it, that's the thing that just came to mind, and, and so I don't know you know, how helpful that might be. But as we think about that, as we face different things that we're going through in our lives, we need to be reminded of this, that that Jesus thought of how he was called here to this earth by the Father to serve you, to serve me, to serve us. And he allowed his mission to serve uh, to drive him through his fear of what he was about to face. And, and as we talk about this idea of the church serving today, I think that that's important. I think it can be very beneficial and helpful as well. You know, we're in this, we're in this uh, sermon series talking about the fact that we are the church. And as a church, we're a community that's been called together to serve. We've been called to be connected with one another and with, with God relationally. We've been called to live out the mission of God in, in the community in which we live uh, and last week, we identified that the church has a very clear mission. Reach as many people as possible, by all means possible, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, and, and that does not mean that a local congregation like Canoe Creek or some other local congregation within the community area, that they're going to do everything. In fact, sometimes churches have to recognize that all of us have a variety of DNA within our churches, you know, and, and some churches, you know, People are attracted to that church for whatever reason or where they can serve and use their gift there versus one another. And, and the, the churches that typically accomplish the most have a very laser-focused vision and mission for what they're trying to do. You know, at the end of the day, Jesus Christ gave us a very, very clear directive for who we are when he left, his last words are our first priority. He said, I want you to go into every nation. I want you to share the gospel. I want you to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded. Now, every church that is centered on Christ determines how are we going to carry out that mission, that baseline, basic mission of God in the community in which we've planted, in the community in which we live and we thrive. You know, here at Canoe Creek, we're, we're not apologetic about it. We try to be as clear about it as we can. When you walk through the doors, you see very clearly how we are going to carry out that mission. It's our passion to help everybody in this community connect with God relationally. You know, to grow in Christ spiritually. And then to go share Jesus with their world. And this is the mission that drives us. It's the mission that helps us decide what we say yes to and what we say no to as a church body here at Canoe Creek. It's why we do things like Easter Fest. You know, it's the driving force. A lot of times we come back to the idea in, in a discussion 
with leadership, and we'll ask the question, why are we doing this? Oh, because it's going to help people connect relationally to God, so let's do it. You know, and, and, and sometimes, well, why can't we do that? Well, because it's going to do this or that, and we, we've got to focus here, you know. But as we talk about the act of serving, I want us to make sure that we see it in, in a broader scope than just my church. I'll be honest with you, I don't even like that terminology. Because while what Paul says to us that we're going to see here certainly does apply to us as this church, Canoe Creek, and how we serve one another as this body in this, in this location, it also applies to the concept of many churches all over the world. And at the end of the day, for us to really impact our city, for us to see what we want, we're here because we believe, many of us believe Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He can radically transform our lives. We believe that. And so we believe he can transform our community. That's not going to happen with just one church like Canoe Creek. That's going to happen when churches serve together for the mission of God to change a city uh, for his purpose and for his will. And listen, we're here because we want to see something like that. But we've got to understand and know that essentially what Paul is saying to us here is when everyone serves as one, we get more done. That's true within a local congregation. It's true within a city, a county, a state. That if we could figure out, hey, how can we partner together? Because, you know, the church down the road is a little bit different than this church here. And the church down that way is a little bit different than that church over there. They're all after the same mission that Jesus laid out. But they have a very specific way in which they're going about to accomplish that. And so when we partner together as one, we get so much more done. We see families and lives transformed and changed. So let, let's see where Paul says this. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you guys would uh, follow along with me, you can grab a, a Bible out of the rack in front of you. It may have a different cover than this, but I think the page numbering is the same, 797. So if you're not very familiar with the Bible, maybe you're here for the first time, you're wanting to figure all this out, page 797. And hey, I just really want to know, quick show of hands, how many of you like using the Bible app on your phone? Raise your hand. Awesome, that's a lot. Listen, I would love to know, um, stop by the Welcome Center and, and let them know if it was really easy for you to connect to the internet and be able to get on that. We made some changes around here. You know, we may be talking about all the time connecting you relationally to God, but we have not been anything about connecting you to the internet around this place. And so we've been working on that because we know that a lot of people like to follow us in a Bible app on a Sunday morning. And so let them know if it worked great for you on your way out this morning. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, I'm going to read just a few verses because there's so much here. And I want to narrow us down to what we're going to talk about this morning. All right, so chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. You ready? Here we go. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given one spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but many. And then look in verse 27. Paul goes on to say, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. This is God's word. Here's what Paul says. You know, when, when everyone serves as one, we get more done. 
That's what he says. It's a simple principle, right? Many hands make light work, but, but it's bigger than that. It's broader than that. When everyone serves as one, we get more done. Now, we need to think about that, like I said, in the vein of this church called Canoe Creek, you know, right here, but also in the vein of all the churches within the city in which we live, the city we want to see change, the city we want to see glorify God in everything that it does. I was just reminded recently that for the gospel to really saturate a community and make major change, there has to be a church for every thousand people. You start doing the math on that and find out how far behind we are within our own community to see radical change. We just simply, as Canoe Creek, need to do our part within this body here locally and within the body citywide and universally as well. And that's what Paul is talking about here. Notice that he says the the first thing I want to point out, the body is formed by Christ. The body is formed in Christ. This is the idea. Here's what it really means. This is what it boils down to. We serve at the pleasure of God. We serve according to the mission of God. Listen, there are many Monday mornings when I'm thinking, hey, man, I don't want to quarterback this team anymore. (laughs) Most of the time, you know, Sundays don't go as well as I thought. You don't laugh at my jokes. You hurt my feelings. And so I'm just like, I need to quit. You know what I mean? Or it's just the frustration and the struggle and all those types of things. But, you know, God has called me to this very clearly. And so I do whatever he desires because I serve at the pleasure of his will. But you know what? An even greater example of that is somebody like Lee St. John. You know Lee because he's leading our welcome team. You know, when you come through the doors and people greet you and people hand things out and people try to make you feel welcome and they give you mints. You know, somebody called those Canoe Creek Christian Church mints one time. And I was thinking, that's hilarious. That might be infringement right there. You know what I mean? Um, but that's, that's what we do because we want people to feel welcome and connected from the very moment they walked in. You know, Lee's a guy who's just pouring his heart out and says, God has called me to this. I have a passion for it. I want to do it. And he just serves wholeheartedly in that position as just a volunteer to try and help people be connected to God relationally from the moment they drive onto this, this campus. You know, But why do we do it? We do it at the pleasure of God's will. For his service, because we all know, we've seen, where sometimes people serve because it's about what they're going to get out of it. And listen, do we find a tremendous amount of joy in serving the truth, the pleasurable, true will of God? Absolutely. But sometimes we we serve as a pirate, right? We're just trying to, to do what we want, to get what we want, you know? But at the end of the day, what does it say? It says, we're part of a body. That body is Christ. And Christ has a specific mission. We serve that mission. We serve that will. That's what he's saying here. Jesus Christ served us to form this body. And so therefore we're learning how to be transformed to serve his mission. Because the body is formed in Christ and it's formed for the mission of Christ. And we already made that clear. Jesus said, I want you to go into the nations, baptize in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teach them to obey everything I command. How do we communicate that at Canoe Creek? We're going to help you. We're going to provide pathways. We're going to design events. We're going to design environments. We're going to create avenues in which you can connect with God relationally. You can grow in Christ spiritually. So you can be inspired to go share Christ with your world. You know, listen, and we have different, a variety of ways in which we attack that, in which we try to promote that and encourage that. But here's the thing. 
There are so many amazing and wonderful causes to serve out there. And in many cases, there are people who may engage in serving for a multitude of reasons. And it may boil down to the simple fact that they just want to see their community changed, that they have a heart for loving and caring for people. But at the end of the day, uh, they want to make it better. You know, and without being arrogant or without being... uh, boastful in the wrong way. Disciples of Jesus have a faith that Jesus makes everything better. Now, we just don't simply serve in the name of love. We don't just simply serve in the name of helping. We don't just simply serve this cause or that cause because there's so many out there. But we do it in the name of somebody who's eternal. Our service isn't temporal. It doesn't just impact somebody for the moment. We're wanting to impact somebody for an eternity. And last I know, and last I checked, you know, arguably so, Jesus served in the greatest act of service in all of time. People have given their lives for other people. People have laid down their lives for a, a loved one. They've laid down their lives for a cause. They've laid down their lives for, for you know, a nation. But you know, none have taken their life back up again. And said, now through this act and through your faith and trust in me, you not only have life in this moment, you have life that's eternal. Here's what it boils down to. Somebody can love me and care for me and serve me, and that can be very helpful. But I know that when it's in the name of Jesus, and I know that when Jesus is a part of my life, my life is tremendously impactful and better. It's more amazing than it could ever be. You know, I can love my wife, and I can care for her, I can care for my family, but when I do it in the name of Jesus, it's more eternal, it's more impactful, it's more profound. And that's what Paul is saying here, is that we're parts of a body that are serving, and having a passion to make your world better is great, but what if it can be even more specific and more meaningful and connected to an eternal God who desires to see us live with him forever? That's what Paul is saying. We see God at work in every child fostered and adopted and every widow loved and cared for and every hungry person fed and every child mentored and educated and every broke person who needs that ounce of grace one more time and every act of service. We see God's promise coming to life as we anticipate him making it perfect. Because at the end of the day, Jesus said, pray this way. You know, your will as it is in heaven done on earth. How does that happen? It happens through the church. We are the church. And in in various acts and in various moments and all kinds of different ways as we do things in the body of Christ, in the name of Christ, what we're doing is bringing a small piece, a small glimpse of heaven into our world so people can see the love and the tremendous, impactful, relational value that God has for them. You know, and, and all of us are doing it with a major hope in mind. That is that one day... Just as Jesus was dead, buried, and resurrected, his promise to come back, he's going to come back. And when he does, all this work that I've been hard at, he's going to make it perfect. He's going to make it complete. It is going to be finished in every way because he's the eternal creator that makes everything good. See, really, at the end of the day, this leads us back to just a a simple truth within, within the world we live in. It's the gospel. World's broke. We broke it. God handed us something amazing. He gave us something beautiful, something just amazing opportunity to be stewards. We broke it. But Jesus, God, in his love and his passion for us, has provided a way of redemption, a way of relationally connecting with God again in spite of our foolishness and our sin. And he's redeeming 
bits and pieces and parts, and his church is, is the entity of his presence on this earth until Jesus returns to say, good work, well done, good and faithful servants. Now, I'm going to bring with me the complete and perfect and total power to finish everything that you've been hard at for so long. See, this is Paul saying we serve as the body of Christ, the mission of Christ, at the pleasure of God. And then Paul transitions into this idea of unity and diversity. Holy smokes. The most mysterious concept within Scripture. So who is your God? Well, he's the Father. Oh, but wait, he's the Son. Oh, but wait, he's the Spirit. And we wrestle with this idea so much so that we create words, right? We created the word Trinity. It's not scriptural. We made that one up to try and help us understand this. But we, we see where Jesus said, I want you to do this in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We see that pattern repeated all throughout scripture. So we know God is three in one. Three distinct, diverse persons. The Father, the Son, the Spirit. But yet, he's perfectly one. Why? Because everything's on point. Everything's on mission. Everything is done with absolute perfection in terms of how they're unified for what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do. Listen, as a church, together, when we are relationally aligned, it gives us more synergy. And one way we're simply relationally aligned is this, is every single one of us in this room, if we have faith and are in alignment with what is true, we know that we are all saved by the same relationship. It's our connection with Jesus Christ and our relationship with him. And so this brings us into a relational alignment. And so we should all be asking the question, how do we best serve Jesus and then if you are a part of, uh, you know, a, a church, a local church like Canoe Creek, yes, how is that church, you know, in, in empowering and equipping people to serve that mission within their community? We should be doctrinally aligned as well. You know, Paul says elsewhere that we're called to one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. He takes some of the simplest things. And he just lays them out that we should be aligned in what we believe about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And, you know, one of the things that I've often experienced and had to deal with here in the community is we've gotten a rap that we believe that if somebody just simply goes down in the water and comes back up, they can go about their merry way and life is all good. That baptism just in that action alone is what saves somebody. And the reality of it is, no, we believe that a relationship with Jesus Christ is what saves us. And the scriptures lay out very clearly how we come into that relationship and trust him and follow him through a penitent spirit and heart, through a confessing and believing tongue, and, and through baptism and submission to the Father's plan and will, you know, and we should be aligned in that area. And the last one that's the hardest is aligned philosophically. You know, and all, and all churches wrestle with this, right? You know, uh, whatever it is that, that, that the church is really laser focused on and trying to accomplish and what's written on that wall out in this foyer, I'll be honest with you, it, it requires us as a leadership at times to say no to more things that we can say yes to. In order to say, as this church, as Canoe Creek, in this community, what we can do to accomplish more is absolutely essential, but we have to stay on focus and on mission. Because at the end of the day, here's what it boils down to, is you could have, you know, 
40 different people come and say that they want 40 different things. And as you try to do all those 40 different things, you lose synergy. Uh, you, you lose the empowerment of the body together, accomplishing the mission. And so how do we see that you know, grow in a community to where we have churches of different DNA accomplishing a grander vision? We have to start supporting it. We have to start praying for it. We have to stop having tribal you know, thoughts and ideas that this church is better than that church or whatever it may be. No, we're all in the same gig together. We're all trying to accomplish the same mission because we're all centered on one body. That is the body of Christ. And Paul says that when we're united, even though we're diverse in, in who we are, we can accomplish so much more. Let me, let me illustrate this in a negative and then a positive way. The negative way is, how many of you grew up in Florida and have been here or been here for a very long time? All right, cool, a lot of people. So many of us probably have uh, unfortunately witnessed tragic events of the Space Coast when a shuttle was either launching or coming back and just tragically failed. And, and whenever the reports always come out, which they do, we never find that there's some major components all at the same time that, that, that failed, that stopped working. It's always like it was an O-ring the size of a quarter. It was a heat shield with a small little, you know, half-inch gash in it or something like that. You know, as long as each part is doing its work, it, it, it stays healthy, it, it stays on mission, and that's what Paul's basically saying here to the church body, is how do we as a body, you know, all work together as a part, as a piece to a mission that's Jesus' mission, and then how do we figure out as a church, as Canoe Creek, how do we go out and how do we represent, how do we create community, how do we try and empower and encourage all the other churches within our community to say, hey, let's work together for something that's greater than what one church can accomplish, one local congregation, because the church is universal, the church is without borders, the, the church you know, is without boundaries and without limitations when we recognize that we're empowered by the Spirit of God. And, and here's one positive way. How many of you like to cook? Raise your hand. I, I don't like to cook, but I have to do this or you won't do it. All right? I have to put my hand up. All right, so a good bit of you. How many of you like, now this one I'm putting my hand up because it's really me. How many of you like doing projects, building something, creating something in your garage, your, your shed, whatever? All right, awesome. You know, so think about this, cooking something or doing a project. You're using all kinds of different parts and pieces and tools. The oven, the blender, this tool, the sink, that. All to do what? One thing. Make a beautiful meal. Make a good tasting meal. You know, you're trying to put some project together. You're fixing a vehicle. You're using this. You're using that. Whether it's a drill, whether it's a saw, whether it's a press, whatever it may be. All to do what? Accomplish some singular project. That's what Paul's saying here. Is when every person gets that, you know, when everyone serves as one, we get more done. That's what Paul's saying. Now, when we misunderstand this and we lack community and, and, and diversity and unity, um, Paul points out that there's some problems. Look, look with me at uh, chapter 12 again, verse 15, and then verse 21. Here's what Paul says. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And then verse 21, he goes on to say, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Here's what, here's what Paul is saying. Here's how this relates to us within the church. Some people think, uh, I can't do anything. 
Whatever it is that I can do is not valuable. It's not helpful. It's just too minimal. I don't have this or that, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. Let, let me tell you about um, a team that I would say are, are like leprechauns. You know, they're mythical creatures. You never see them, but you always see how they're impactful. I don't know how you see how leprechauns are impactful. The Spirit was leading me into that illustration, or maybe it was the Lucky Charms last night. I don't know. But we do have these mythical creatures at Canoe Creek, like leprechauns. They come in every Thursday, and you know what they do? They push vacuums. They wipe toilets. They clean windows and make them shine. Did you know that this entire 30,000-square-foot building is cleaned by volunteers? We don't pay for a service. You know, and, and I'm telling you, listen, last I checked, like, you push the button, and then you do that. Rocket science. You know? And, and, and these individuals, you know, they, they're, they're far more talented than that, I can guarantee you. They can do so many more things, but this is what they do because it's their passion to serve the mission that God has so that when you walk in on a Sunday morning, you walk into a fresh environment. You're dropping your kids off in a place where you go, man, this is not only secure, it's clean. You know, when you're grabbing a donut, you're grabbing it off of a clean counter. You know, and, and, and they do that. They serve at the pleasure that God has for them to accomplish that, you know, that mission that we have of creating a space where, you know, people are able to connect when they show up. Some people just simply think that they have to do everything. Some people say, oh, I can't do anything. I'm not valuable. That's not really true. Some people think I have to do everything. And you know why they do that? One is they can't trust other people to do it. Sometimes people do stuff wrong and you have to realign them or whatever it may be. That's fine. But, but it's, it's an issue of trust. I can't trust anybody to do it. Sometimes it's an issue of leverage. I want to be important. So therefore, I got to do it so I can tell you how important I am because I did it. Or sometimes it's leveraging God. God, don't you know how much I've done for you? You know, so it's not serving from the right perspective, the right heart. And some people just think they don't need anyone and nobody should need them. These people believe that, that Jesus died for them. That it's very individualistic rather than the fact that Jesus died to build a body to build a community of people who are serving his mission and his will. And these perspectives essentially reject faith in God, uh, but God places each part where it needs to be. He, he makes our role vital no matter what it is. Uh, you're empowered by the Spirit to be able to do more than you could ever imagine, and you are a member of a community that is being transformed so that you can transform the world, transform your family, transform your community. And when we serve the church together, here's how we define it at Canoe Creek. We invite people to go, serve the church, serve the community, serve the world. Here's the thing. When we serve the church together, the welcome team helps people feel connected, helps people feel welcomed as soon as they walk through the door. Worship team helps us praise God and encourage our spirit. Family ministry helps us all have an age-appropriate learning experience. Uh, Paul mentions parts that are not noticed, and I already mentioned, you know, our mythical creatures, the leprechauns who come in every Thursday and just do an amazing job of cleaning. There's so many different parts and pieces that as the church, as we serve the church, we're able to be more on mission. You know, this just doesn't happen without about um, 75 volunteers right now. You know, all together, we have a consistent 127 volunteers who volunteer on a consistent basis, whether it's welcome team, worship team, uh, you know, um, the, the children's ministry, 
the student ministry, communion prep, the servers, cafe, you know, each and every morning. So that what, why? So we can come in and we can hear a message. Why do we have stacked services? Well, one reason is because we can't fit everybody in one service. But the other reason is, is so people can come and serve for an hour and then they can worship for an hour. So they don't feel like they're disconnected from the opportunity to worship as well. But you know what? We can also serve the community together and make a bigger impact. One of our visions for small groups is that they're an extension of the church within their community. You may have somebody down the road that needs your help. You may have somebody that's a neighbor that's in the hospital and your group can go and pray for them. You may have somebody who's really wrestling with where they're at in their relationship with God and they finally come to you or want to come to your group and hear the gospel message. The next thing you know, you're baptizing them in your pool. Because they want to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. That's our vision to impact the community. But upon that, you can see that we're for our community, a church in the community, for the community. You know, we're for fostering. We're for widows. We're for supporting our first responders. Uh, we're, we're for education and our partnership with Hickory Trail Elementary. We're for feeding hungry kids. You just go on and on and on. And there may be something that you're already doing that's not there. Great. The point is we're connected with our community. Think about this. I had, um, this week, I'm going with an individual over to the Help Now Center, and we're going to be looking at, and this is a place where uh, battered women have a secure, safe environment where they can go and start planning their next step in life as they're trying to get out of an abusive relationship. And so I'm going with this one individual, and we're going to be looking at a project that we might be able to do together as a church to be able to serve them. You know, and we're excited about that. Just this past week, I made a connection with a guy named Gonzalo who's moving down from Michigan. He is leaving um, his, his church affiliation to become more independent-minded, autonomous-style church like Canoe Creek is. And he's moving to the BVL area, and he wants to plant a very uniquely different church that's both in, in English and in Spanish because he's wanting to reach a younger generation that is second and third generation Latinos, that it's a very different culture, and nobody's doing what he plans on doing, and it's going to be powerful. I was like, dude, you know, I'm sorry we're not closer, because I'm telling you right now, you can come in day one and just set up another service time and start right here in this building. Why? Because we're for our community, not just simply for ourselves. You know, we're for serving the community around us, and we're also for, for serving the world. We want to inspire people to go serve the world. Listen, we have mission partners, and we send them checks, and they love that because it helps them accomplish sharing the gospel where they're at. But you know what they really love, too, is when we show up and do something for them. Imagine you're at your house, right, and you've got all your daily routines that you've got to get through, and you've got those 5, 10, 15, I don't know how many projects you've got laying around, right? And you've been staring at them. They're driving you nuts. You wish you could do them, but you don't have the time, and you don't have the resources, Imagine if some, a team of people just roll up in your house and say, hey, I'm going to fix that for you today. We're going to do this. How encouraging, how exciting that would be. That's exactly what we do when we go on mission trips. We're able to connect with our mission partners and do something they've been wanting to do, but they don't have the resources or time to do it. And so our teams, they go and they do it. Or it's just that you're giving here at Canoe Creek, and a percentage of that giving goes to support our mission partners because we want to go share Jesus with our world and the world as well. Listen, when we serve and when everyone serves as one, we get far more done. Jesus was dealing with a conflict with his disciples. They're arguing about who is better. And this is how Jesus responded to them in 1045, which sums up his mission for life. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. This is like, this was Jesus' mission statement. 
This is why I'm here. This is what I do. You want to follow me? You're going to learn how to do that over time. Uh, Let's take a quick little uh, time-traveling trip back to the year 82. All right, let's pretend we're all in a portal that's going to transport us back in time to the year 82 to Rome, and we're going to meet with the emperor Domitian, and one of you took Latin in, you know, the the 70s or 80s when you were in high school, and your Latin teacher told you it's not a dead language, and you finally realize that's true. It's going to come in handy on this time-traveling trip uh, so that you can help us understand this conversation that's going to take place. And we're going to the Colosseum as VIP guests because we're cool time travelers in our weird clothes showing up to a really neat place, and on our way to the Colosseum, because it's the end of the 100 days of games and there's a big feast that's going to go on, we walk under the arch of Titus. Titus, who was the previous emperor, who was the brother of Domitian, who was the man who literally decimated the Jews. He leveled them. In fact, on this arch, you're going to see various inscriptions that depict how it was done and what happened and what took place. And so as we roll in there, you know, Domitian is very excited about his time-traveling friends. And you know what he wants to know? He wants to know, what is the state of the glorious, eternal Rome in 2019? And this is where all of us but one of us is excited we don't speak Latin. And so we start to explain, well, you know, it's going to, the Jews that was decimated by the Roman Empire and completely torn apart, well, they had a king named Jesus, and Jesus now has a kingdom that has no boundaries. He impacts the hearts of people and makes them wildly crazy to do the most amazing things that you could ever imagine, and he is preached and taught and served and cared for and loved throughout all of the four corners of the world. There's no jungle he hasn't reached. There's no city he hasn't reached. And there's no limits to his kingdom. And Rome is no more in the way that it is today. And a long pause. And then Domitian just laughs because he's like, impossible. I would love for you to tell me more stories at dinner later. Would you come and be my guest? Because these are the funniest stories I've ever heard. That concept is completely inconceivable being from that position in time looking to where we are now. How does it ultimately take place? How is it possible? Everything that we see today, every addict freed, every child fed, every broken heart led to hope, every wound mended, every gracious act is God's passion to bring everything back into relationship with him. In what world can we fathom that a kingdom absolutely born on the act of serving others in love can thrive in any other way than the subjects of that kingdom serving others in love? Love. So, listen, let's go and let's serve the church. Because when everyone serves as one, we get more done. Let's go and let's serve the community. Because when everyone serves as one, we get more done. Let's go and let's serve the world. Because when everyone serves as one, we get more done. We don't do this alone. We do it according to the mission of Jesus. We do it according to the empowerment of the Spirit. And we have to come together as one for his mission. Not only here at Canoe Creek, but across this city. Across denominational lines. 
across tribalism, across boundaries. God's kingdom doesn't have them. So let's live like that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for what Paul writes here to us. We ask that you would inspire and encourage us, lead us towards how we need to make a decision about this. Uh, It's one thing to know your word more, and we definitely desire um, that growth, that spiritual growth. And that growth starts with understanding something and then deciding, okay, based on what I know to be true here, I need to do something or I need to do something differently. And so, Father, we ask that you would lead us to that. Uh, We ask that you would give us wisdom. Uh, We ask that you would give us a commitment to be convicted to your will and your mission, that you would uh, help us to have a compassion for what you have a compassion for, and you would help us to continue to be transformed to serve uh, like you have served us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.